Hello, and thank you for joining us. I am your host, soulful business and leadership coach, Jeffrey Biesecker. This is episode 0050. As human beings, we all feel a certain pull, driving us toward basic wants, desires, and needs. Having needs is not evidence of weakness. It is, at its core, to simply be human. Three things are needed for humanity to coexist. Truth, peace, and basic needs. Everything else is irrelevant. We are all on a course seeking change, our evolution, the great unfolding of our being. What is necessary to change a person is to change his awareness of himself. This episode, we share a conversation with personal growth and healthy living coach Chandra Lynn. She's inspiring us to love the life we each live. We share this discussion exploring why the need for change is such a driving force in discovering our roots, allowing us to grow and rise. Tune in to find out who's driving here on The Light Inside. As a podcast host and guest, my go-to podcast booking app is podmatch.com. If you currently have a podcast, regularly guest on podcast, or if you are new to the podcasting game looking to start your show, podmatch.com is an industry leader. They quickly and effortlessly connect ideal podcast guests and hosts. Their process is super easy and highly effective. Create your free guest or host account and set up your profile. It's really that easy. And the Podmatch AI will work its magic in the background, delivering your ideal interview matches within minutes, tailored uniquely for you. As a host and executive producer of the Top 100 self-improvement podcast, The Light Inside, I found more high-quality guests on Podmatch than anywhere else and in a fraction of the time. So if you're looking to expedite your podcast booking experience, fill in your calendar with high engagement content, creating value and meaning for your listening community. Check out podmatch.com. That's P-O-D match.com today and discover your ideal match magic. I'm super excited for this guest today. Chandra Lynn is the founder of Glow Marketing, where her program, Root to Rise, is sharing her philosophy based in human needs psychology, teaching others to truly live a life they love. I'm so stoked to dive into this conversation, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it too. Hello, Chandra. How are you today? Hello. How are you? Fantastic. Uh-huh. We, we did it. We, we did it somehow. We finally did. <laughs> yes, we finally got this aligned. And so often that happens in life where our wants and needs and desires gets overrode by the greater power of the universe. <laughs> it's like, really? How do I... Yes. And then you try to remember where the settings are that brings you to the right place, you know? It was definitely a case in point for the course we're going to dive into today. Same. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, that's for sure. We'll make lemonade out of whatever we can. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, a, that's very traditional values, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's personal preference. That's all that is. Oh, man. It's my comfort zone. See, I'm in my comfort zone. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. Sometimes you do what you got to do. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I think that that's great. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time too. So we'll have a lot to talk about. Well, yeah, I've been, I mean, not just the podcasting. I let family members talk me into, you need to go get this factory job because that supports the family better. Yeah. (laughs) Which we won't even talk about that and how answering those outside voices, yeah, I went down Mm. that path. It was an experience. But finally got back into the art, did that for a number of years. I bounced around done a lot of things because I believe in exploring whatever life offers. That's amazing. Good for you. You can be more selective that way too. (laughs) Then also, I don't have any stress. Mm -hmm. I'm not choosing to introduce stress into my life. I am not choosing to interject struggle and chaos, challenge, all of those things that If we're coaching, we're trying to get people past this. Well, Mm -hmm. the best way to get past this, don't create the situations that produce it. That was my biggest thing. How can I coach others to manage that if you yourself first aren't managing? Works for me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. If you're doing it. I totally agree. That's really interesting that you said that because I have to share something with you that's so, it's just so to your point. So I use a a project management system and it produces these little sheets, to-do lists, right? And I was looking at this and I'm like, okay, it's multiple pages. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, I looked at it and I said, how much of this is (laughs) self-imposed and how much of it is optional to where, or like that where I must do it. So yeah. I've been giving it a different look. And I think that it's really very much to what you said. Are those things necessary? Are they distracting (laughs) me from what's been important? Are they prioritized? And I feel like you're right. If I can't organize my life and I'm adding all these extra layers to it, that's not going to get me to my goals any faster. And it's just creating that extra layer of, of just challenge, honestly. And like you said, stress. Precisely. Where are we putting our intention becomes my whole drive. And I've taken that levels up. I've been in this journey for a year now almost. Boom. I'm looking at it. Holy crap. First, how did that year go by so fast? It's so fast. But yeah, I mean, you interject yourself in life in this way where you are constantly interacting with brilliant thought. It's pushed me. I don't want to come back and keep having the same conversation because we've moved somewhere else. And then we come and have another conversation and we move somewhere else. And it's challenged everything that I started out with knowing. that. Okay, that's amazing. That is amazing. In the sense that you question, not in the sense that it's created a limiting challenge, but in the sense that it's provided a pathway to move forward. Mm. And to me, I'm like, why stagnate with that? You know, I come into a thought and it's like, it's changed how I've approached coaching. It's changed how I've approached every aspect of life as an element of that. I think that, yeah, when we talked a little bit just in our messaging about human needs and human needs psychology, and yes. it's what's I'm, what I'm hearing is that the podcast in itself is feeding your need for growth. Like you yourself grow through these conversations and like you're expanding yourself every time you have a guest that. Yeah, and I look at that even because you know, it has stuck. That whole idea of human needs psychology has come to the forefront with my alignment with it, with how I'm communicating with people in the listening community 
fellow guests that, yes, this is an area we should really look at. How do we balance that idea of need? What drives us? Mm -hmm. And I feel like today that's a conversation with where we've related so much. We can really step into it and lean in and say, let's explore it. Let's look at the possibilities. Mm. To me, that becomes the bigger thing is what is the possibility versus what we think we know. So often we follow that patterning and programming of we think we know this or someone else is telling us they think they know it rather than opening to that potential of exploring it, rather than open that ability to form a new knowledge or a new acceptance of I, I love the open thinking that other people have something to offer a different perspective that could expand your view on it. So yeah. if you're just going with the yeah. things that you've known or that you've experienced, you're, you may be missing out on something much more that you're not able to see just from that vantage point that you have in life based on your personal experience. You could, you know, through other people's experience, yes. learn those kind of shortcuts or learn different vantage points yes. that could contribute to you making different decisions that may be better decisions for your life. It contributes to everyone to make better decisions. And so much of what we do is already rooted out of generational action, generational programming, and generational patterning. Mm -hmm. If those patterns are creating a result that we all step back and say, wait a minute, something's not right about this. Where do we step off and say, then how do we start the new routine? How do we start the new language? What Mm. becomes the new it. I like that a lot. I think that we're, that you're really forward thinking. I mean, I can tell that you have a lot of vision and you allow for that by opening yourself up to other people's perspectives and information that you may not be aware of yet. And and I think it's, it's about getting in that state of wonder that people talk about to allow for that to happen. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yes. Yes. Mm. And that so often can be uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable for me sometimes. I, you know, I have to admit that and be honest about it, that there are times where that uncomfortableness is the very need that actually creates the change or that actually creates the motion forward. And that becomes such a possible truth throughout all of our lives if we can adopt that knowledge of it, if we can adopt that awareness and that alignment of it, that potential is there within the universe. It's interesting. While you were talking, I just, I, I saw this yeah. car driving, like a kind of this uh, rugged car <laughs> driving down the road and getting off the path and how if we just always like are on the exact same path, wearing that in, we don't see all these other possibilities and other paths that could open up to us that could lead us to such great things. I mean, we already have discovered what's on yes. that worn in path. Yes. We now need to, you know, have that <laughs> discomfort <laughs> to take the, the Jeep you know, to another, you know, off-road basically. And that's what I think when we don't have that certainty is when we start to feel uncomfortable. This is the big aha moment today because I tend to go and find where I'm sensing these alignments. And I literally will mark a potential title for the show. Mm. This one's who's driving here. Oh, Thank you for being aware of that today. I don't know if you tuned that in, if that was happenstance, but that was exactly where I was going with this. It's amazing. Who's driving here? So often we have to ask that question. What drives us all is uniquely personal. It's a unique journey for all of us. And I'm really excited and fired up to jump into this because personally, exploring and discovering, as we just found out, 
Those new thoughts are what drives me so often. Right. And we think about the fact that, well, one of the things driving us is our experience, our belief system, our values, all of, you know, our identities, all of these things that kind of make us up, Mm. but they're all changeable. I mean, we can all expand them. We can all grow them. And so who's driving the car right now might be different than who's driving the car in a year, just because we've allowed ourselves to grow if we've allowed ourselves to grow. Ultimately, we should be the ones driving that in alignment and allowing that all to kind of become a more correct autonomous autopiloting vehicle. A new automatic that makes better sense often becomes a better goal. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's what sounds like to me too, is just, you know, you're talking about just consciousness over our own evolution in a sense. Like if we're just on autopilot with the car, we're not really consciously growing or aspiring in a sense We're we're just, you know, allowing almost like living life by default. We're just driving along just the way things are without going, "Hmm, I'm going to be intentional about this. You know, I'm going to be conscious and create or co-create as people say with the universe or with a higher power, whatever you believe in. But that I think it's through that consciousness that we have really any ability to affect our own evolution and change because there's a lot of forces, external forces that we're dealing with, we don't have control over, but we can step up and co-create and be conscious and intentional in many ways in our lives. And I think that that's an empowering, Mm. a very empowering concept. Mm. Ideally, where do we align all of those forces that are purely just energy Mm. in their very nature? Ideally, how do we exponentially bring a natural evolution and progress of that? I don't know, but I, the answer that came into mind is just with each and every decision we make for our lives, we weigh these things out and (laughs) we then hopefully ask ourselves great questions. What do we want? Why do we want it? What are we willing to do about it? And when we get those answers, if we're really listening and being authentic with ourselves, we're going to then make great decisions. And that's going to be what leads us forward. I think that, you know, all that energy and all that effort and all that awareness comes together in that single Point. And that's why I believe in really fast transformation when people are stuck in their lives mm-hmm. and they feel like they, they don't know what to do or, or how to grow yes. or get yes. out of the situation, that really it can happen in one decision. It gets back to that answer to what are you willing to do, you know, to change things. Speaking to that point, it's the power of right now. That decision becomes the action instantaneously as soon as you initiate it if it's truly becoming a different thing. So often I feel what we do is we get caught in the past, we're cycling all that, we won't go down that today so much. So often we get caught, but what will I do in the future? And then you start forming all these thoughts, feelings, things, interactions, but you're not even there yet. Do it now. <laughs> well, I think partially it's because it would do it now. Exactly. Yes. Well, I think that yes. there's, okay, so I totally agree with you. I think the challenge is that fears yes. come up and that's what blocks people. It's easy to say, just do it, Nike ad or whatever, but it's easy to do that. But it's actually harder to put that in action because what happens is fears arise that, I believe, okay, this is, this is my belief system is that 
our brain serves up these fears in order to keep us safe. The primitive brain doesn't really care if we're happy, it cares if we're safe. So when we're talking about going off-road, it's like, no, (laughs) you could die. And so it's serving up a fear. And that's basically what is going on, in my opinion, in a lot of decisions that we're trying to face with making a big change in our life that projects us into a world that's not known. We sometimes will pick the devil that we know over the devil we don't just because we're less fearful of it, even if it's not serving us or even if it's not bringing us to a higher level. We're not really necessarily comfortable Mm. with it, but we're familiar with it. And because of that, we'll stay there. And the brain is serving up, okay, well, at least you're safe. And so it's happy. But the minute you go, actually, I'm not happy. I want to get off road. It's like, oh, well, the lions and tigers and bears are going to come after you. And that's, I think, what blocks people. (laughs) (laughs) How often are those lions and tigers and bears really there? What are those needs we're creating that drive us? We look at that and we're delving into that entire book of science, that entire block of knowledge that we call human needs psychology. Now, I want to share, if I may, a little quote today from an article I read while preparing for this show from Psychology Today. Although the concepts of human needs, conflict, and peace are interrelated and affect all aspects of human life, academics and practitioners have usually addressed them in a rather fragmented manner. Human needs theories propose that all humans have basic universal needs and that when those needs are not met, conflict is likely to occur. Let's sit with that just a second, just a second and let that sit in. Conflict is likely to occur. What creates that conflict based on that need? That's an area to think about. And we'll leave that there for a second. I'd like to explore those thoughts today because we each feel a need can often become different perspectives for us. We each have different needs, different desires. From your perspective speaking to that point, What do you feel we truly need to exist? And what do we create a desire for? How do those differ? Okay, so this is probably one of the most powerful areas of discussion that I found with being able to help people with growth and overcoming things that where they're stuck. Human needs psychology is immensely powerful. Now it has had an evolution with starting with Maslow's hierarchy of needs and some other (laughs) people who have developed on it. There's been adaptations. I learned from Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's a slightly different way of defining the human needs for my Root to Rise course. I've adapted on them further. So I feel like I've really dug into human needs psychology and I'm excited excited to talk about it today because when we start to understand what the needs are, we start to see it playing out in everything. We can analyze a movie or TV show based on the motivations the characters have that relate to their human needs. We can look back at all the decisions that we've made and look at what need it's serving us or what need it served us at the time and why we made the decision we made. We can look at future decisions based on what need it's going to serve for us. And so when we're aware of this, I really believe it's what gives us the ability to make really conscious decisions and make great decisions for ourselves that serve our needs at high and healthy levels. The challenge is that a lot of people will get these needs met no matter what, 
It's basically we have to, and they may choose unhealthy patterns in order to get those needs met. There are lots of needs that get met through addiction, through, I mean, we can go on and on about negative behaviors. We all know what negative behaviors are. Why do they exist? They exist because they're serving a need. Yeah, we're looking at that healthy balance. Yes. Speaking to that point, I agree. Where does that healthy balance exist that creates a need, a want, a desire that truly serves us and more importantly, becomes of service to others? Because if we're only serving us, if we're only operating from that ego level, we're going to create those struggles, those conflicts. Well, transcendence and contribution, you know, contributing beyond your own needs is actually a need. (laughs) We have a need to be able to help and serve others. I think it's partially because we are in a community. We have other people around us. We care about other people. And so we want to serve them at high levels too. And what it does, it actually helps us when we have a focus on that to meet all of our other needs in really healthy ways because it really does serve each need. It can give us certainty. It can give us significance. It can help us feel like we have something valuable to contribute. So that ties into our self-worth and our self-esteem. It can help us feel connected to other people. So it serves our need for intimacy and love and connection. There's so many different ways we can contribute. So that can serve our need for variety. It helps us with our growth because we might also be growing by learning about other people's experiences through empathy, through connecting with other people. We see different ways of living, of being, of, of choosing things in life. And so basically all of the needs get met when we can get into a mindset of serving and contributing beyond ourselves. The challenge is that we have material needs that can get in the way and we can get really stuck in them. Specifically, we may have a need for security needs. You know, those sometimes when security needs aren't getting met, it's very difficult to think about what you can give to others because you're having to focus on being more certainty and security inside of yourself. So there's an interplay between all of these needs and it's really fascinating. And the cool thing is, is that when you have consciousness around them, it's when you really have the tools that you need to be able to make huge transformations in your life. Speaking to that point, we're looking at those notions of Kurt Goldstein, one of the early pioneers of human need psychology. Goldstein characterized all self-actualization as an individual or process of becoming a self that is holistic. The individual realizes that oneself and one's environment are two pieces of a greater whole. How are we interacting and bouncing within that environment that becomes a greater whole? And it acts as a primary driving force of behavior in humans. That was fascinating to me. I agree. Just to repeat that, the driving force is so strong. I really believe it's actually the driving force that initiates all decisions. And so when we get into a pattern of say stuck where we're stuck or where we're making bad decisions, maybe we're continuing an addictive loop or we're, we're continuing on in a bad relationship where there's abuse or at least some form of unhappiness or if we're continuing to eat too much or we're continuing to stay sedentary when we know we should move our bodies, something that simple, all of that is driven by these needs. And everybody that I talk to that's stuck and they're looking at their behaviors, when they learn what is going on with their needs, they're able to see the options and they're able to see how they've been serving 
them in unhealthy ways and why they have. And there's no judgment. We all fall into traps with this. It's just that when we have an awareness about it, then we can get resourceful and look for a more healthy way of serving the same need. So like I sometimes think of needs on a continuum. Like, are you meeting your needs at healthy levels? You know, say one through 10, okay? If you're living your life going, well, my life is okay, you're meeting your needs maybe at a five, right? If it's not okay, then it's under five. If it's pretty good, it's over five, right? But most people don't aspire to really take themselves to eight, nine, and 10 levels. They're okay around yes. four to yes. seven, let's say. A lot <laughs> of people live at about a four to seven. And if there's a problem, it's under a five, okay? So just kind of getting that scale out there so we can discuss it. It's very difficult because when a need is being met yes. in that mid-range, in the four, five, six levels, it's sometimes not bad enough to make a big change. And so as a coach, you probably know that Hmm. it's important to find the leverage point that makes it too painful to stay where they are. It becomes a must. Right. It becomes a must to make a change. Why do we make it painful though? That's an area I've really, why do we need (laughs) stinking pain that none of us want to change? That's an area that we go down a whole nother area of psychology and evolution on. But to me, that is one of the most fascinating things throughout this journey. Why so often we speak to the pain point. I had an interesting discussion this morning where we were talking about, even within, you know, advertising for other coaches, advertising for other programs, advertising within business. We are so consciously aligned with speaking to the pain point. We know you're struggling. You know you're struggling. You know you're challenged. Everybody struggles. Everybody challenged. Is that the state we really want to buy if we were advertised in that manner for our vacation? You're going to go there. It's going to rain. You're going to sit on a rocky beach. It's going to be cold. You're going to lose your luggage. You're going to miss your flight and it's going to suck. But we know you want to go. Who's going to buy that? Well, they do it in the opposite way. Your life sucks so bad right now. You need this vacation. So they'll paint the picture of how bad it is without it. (laughs) But to me, what that leaves is that remnant. And what ultimately we hear, think about it. What ultimately we hear is somebody telling us how bad we are how bad we are rather than creating the desire we want. Now, that's something I've hung on for a good while now. I'm not going to buy the picture that tells me how shitty things are. I want to buy the picture that creates the need I want, the need for safety, the need for comfort, the need for enjoyment. I don't want to buy the bad package that says the world is crap. (laughs) That's just perspective. And it's a chance to interject that today. What needs are we really focusing on? I think that the savvy marketers understand needs, right? And they're playing on them. I do marketing as well and I understand human needs. And so, but I think it's a choice that marketers have as to whether to focus on a positive message or a negative message. And And there there is a lot of power in the negative message. And that's the challenge. Marketers are taught solve a problem, right? Solve the problem. So they outline the problem first. (laughs) And then that's how people can self-identify. Oh yeah, Yeah. I have that problem. So therefore now we can present the solution. I need that. But so often though, that's where my point is. That energy is just another perpetuation of that energy. How can we explore that? That's a whole nother thought today, but we kind of ventured into that. I think it's related because we're talking about needs and we're talking now about marketers <laughs> playing off needs, but that's how powerful they are. Talking about 
good energy yeah. was, was the focus on it. The, the point being is I am not passing judgments. I am opening my eyes to say, what energy are we co-creating together? What need and reality do we want to really experience? And where do we place a greater energy? Within a, an email like that, you get an email like that. You've spent all of your time as the person sending the message, sowing your thoughts toward negative energy, rather than sowing the thoughts to create a reality for this person that is their desired state. You've just spent an entire email telling them how shitty things are. That's the equivalent to me of having that person in your life that's constantly telling you, you're not good enough. You're this, you're this, you're this. And it's something that makes you leaving with that feeling of negativeness, that feeling of Da, da, da. Now, that's a whole nother thing to look at and explore once you're approached with that energy, what you do with that. But my thought is all of those interactions are planting that seed. Right. And one of our biggest fears as human beings is that we're not worthy. You know, we're not worthy of love. And and it starts yeah. in infancy yeah. because we need at that stage somebody to take care of us. And if we're not worthy, mm. it can be a life-threatening situation. It's just survival. So I think that we have a, a fear of that that's just really ingrained. And I think it's, again, on a continuum. Some of us have it in adult life more than others. What I love to promote is learning how to have self-sourcing authority and sovereignty. Because when we need the validation from other people mm. from the outside, then we're never really going to be able to feel it inside. And that need is going to continue, right? So when we focus on how to feel truly worthy from within, I think that we, we probably won't be the targets of those messages anymore. They won't resonate or work. Yes. They're playing yes. off the people who yes. have a, a low, low self-worth. There again, that to me is curious because you're leveraging something in a way that also acts within something you know that person is seeking, but creates that same negative outlook. That just is a back around full circle. And I don't know that I want to spend all of our time today looking at that aspect because that ventures off into how are we responsibly interacting with others and how are we responsibly creating our messaging. So that's that's a whole nother conversation today, maybe. <laughs> It is a valuable one, though, because, oh, I love it, actually. I love the fact that you're saying we have a responsibility. I mean, professional marketers do have a responsibility, but every individual yes. has a yes. responsibility. So I'll just leave it at least at that. Yeah. Therefore, you know, we're looking back at that level of how does our subconscious, how does our psychological existence interplay? We've got those levels of ego. We've got those levels of the id, those levels of the superego. You know, we dive into looking at ideas of the conscious and unconscious mind. How do all of these things come together to create that balance. I wouldn't even begin to say that I could answer yeah. that because yeah. I don't know if anyone can. <laughs> I, it's very complex because it's so individual at that point. You know, it's so much about how we were raised and how we have chosen to nurture ourselves yeah. and that feeling of self-worth. If we can, at least in adulthood, bring consciousness around our own responsibility to create internal sovereignty, and work on that in whatever way that we can, I think that we'll be able to make better decisions for ourselves. You know, to me, that ties us back around, speaking to that point, to that notion we mentioned of Goldstein. 
actualization as an individual in the process of becoming a self that is holistic. That to me was like, boom, that's what it's all about. If you want to take anything from those notions that have been around 60 to 100 years and say, where can we create meaning from this? It's a process. We have to do something. It's a We have to do something. Yes, it's a process. It's also a soul's journey, you know, in my opinion. It's the journey of life. It's the journey we're all on. Mm. And when we bring that consciousness to it and we see that there are resources to support us along the way, there are so many wonderful resources nowadays, especially that we can tap into online to support ourselves that I think my biggest frustration is when people are stuck and they're not not resourceful. You know, they're not seeing, like, you know, we were talking about earlier, Mm. the, the fact that there's so much out there that we can we can open ourselves up to so many other perspectives that we can take on if the, our own perspective isn't serving us yes so whether it's understanding human needs psychology or if it's you know joining an empowerment group to be able to build your own self-esteem there's opportunities out there and when we open ourselves up to them we can learn so many different ways of viewing things that we can then Kind of climb a mountain and start to look around the bend and see a totally different vista that then we can understand what the next step is for ourselves and be able to make potentially better decisions for our life. I love that notion sharing that idea of climbing the mountain. So often we look at it as climbing the mountain. So often we get to the top of that mountain and we discover I'm going up there to look for myself. You get up there and what you do is you look back and say, but I was in there all along. (laughs) I was already aligned and I had to climb this mountain for nothing. So we, from my perspective, have to come to that point where we find that alignment before we create all that need for misery. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the blissful harmony, but it exists there. The potential is always there and that's the magic of it. The potential to be that thing is always there. Wouldn't that be nice? That's really altruistic and I would love it. <laughs> yes. It is. It is. It is. It is there. But I think that that climbing or it really all we're talking about is being on a journey, whether it's flat or if it's uphill, we need a feeling of progress. I think human beings have a need for progress and progressing brings us joy. I really believe that. And so even if it's hard, even if we have to challenge ourselves along the way, we feel like we're moving forward. I use the mountain metaphor because what's interesting is that, right, there's people that get to the top and they're like, is this all there is? And then they look over and they see a whole nother mountain, right? They thought they were going to somehow be completely fulfilled at the top of the mountain. But the reason they won't is because of their need for growth. We need to progress and we need to grow. And many people believe if we're not growing, we're dying inside. So that's why we're always looking at new accomplishments. And I think climbing that mountain is just a metaphor for striving for accomplishments. That's a great point to me. And speaking to that today, we look at that need. I'm going to unravel this because you just connected with a point I put in my notes. That need is that aspiration. Is that a craving? Is that determination? Is that dreaming? Is that eagerness? Is it impulsiveness or longing? Is it yearning or wishful? 
Is it wanting? Those are all states that so often we're creating our own tripping point, potentially. Bringing it back into balance and alignment. Now, I'm not saying that in and of itself, any of those things is ultimately a hindrance, ultimately creates that undesirable state. But how do we choose to focus our view and vision on that? Oh, I love what you just said. I cannot wait to listen back to our own podcast here because these are some (laughs) juicy nuggets. When you were talking, I was thinking about accomplishment and aspirations, and I was thinking about how having them also serves lots of needs, right? When we accomplish something, it gives us a greater sense of self. It may connect us to other people. Uh, It can give us recognition and rewards, you know, and and depending on what you're setting out to do, it can really serve needs at high levels. And so that's why I think we're always aspiring to do them and, and have the next thing. So yeah, I believe that even that just serves needs. You know, that's really what we end up, what this all ends up being about, I think. It's really interesting. We can make it as complicated as we want, but the truth is, is that yes, yeah, we yes. have needs and, and we find all these different ways to get them met. And that is the journey. Exactly. Is there ever exactly. an end to it? I don't think so. I think that no matter how old we are, we have needs for growth. We have needs for variety. We have needs to learn and connect with ourselves and understand what this was all about and connect with others. I mean, there's just so many needs that, you know, we're going to basically, I think, just have our whole life's fulfilling. (laughs) And it's how we fill them, how we choose to fill them. And we choose those moments ultimately. And I, I, Mm -hmm. you know, I can see where we're in alignment to that today. How do we choose to view those moments when we're in them? Because that is really, when we think about it, where we are truly engaged, where we truly are sensing or fulfilling that need. When we start to rush forward and say, I'm not there yet, that's where that anxiety creeps in. That's where, is this really becoming a challenge to me? Is this really going to create an injury to me? Is this really something that is unsafe? Yeah. Or am I, and am I good enough? Yeah. Am I worthy of it? And all those kind of questions start to come up for sure. Worthiness is nothing more than projection. You know, we are just simply getting the opinion from somebody else, their experience of it. We all experience differently. Well, that's what sovereignty is about, is getting it from within, right? We really, I would like to definitely drive that point home, is when we are able to self-source our own sovereignty, our own authority, and and I, I want to give a, a quick um, shout out to my partner, Kristen Desange, who we work on a program called Own Your Throne. It is a journey into soul sovereignty. It is an empowerment program. Some of these ideas she brought to me. So I just wanted to give her a shout yes. out because I think yes. that they're really, really powerful. Yes. The thing is about it is I believe, and I think she believes as well, that we're yes. in alignment to Fantastic. the fact that yeah. when we can have that soul sovereignty, when we feel like we're able to understand and tap into our own self-worth. Even if we say, look, we're worthy just because we were born. Mm. There's no other reason why we need to feel any more worthy. I mean, we are human and we can be worthy just like any other person. But it's that the sooner we find that sovereignty around this, a lot of these needs get met in deeper ways and it gets us that much closer to being able to get into a place of transcending our own needs and starting to be in service to other people. As long as we're looking to build our own 
self-worth and recognition from others in the outside world and everything. It's just a never-ending quest. It's got to come from within. And when it does, we can turn that corner and really give and show up for what we're here to and meant to do. You know, start to finish, what truly creates the meaning is ultimately what all we put in the middle oh, yeah. while we're there. <laughs> <laughs> while we're there, what are we putting in the middle? That is an ongoing process. That's the journey. I am so thankful for that idea today. That's that journey. So often mm-hmm. when we look at that, those wants and needs are journey. simply reflective of a programming or an illusion yeah. of a societal expectation or a generational trauma. Something that has been placed within how we view things from others. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. What you made me think of is how when we have a situation, we attach a meaning to it, right? So we focus on this and then we attach a meaning to it. And that meaning... I believe is really the key to whether we're looking at things positively or negatively or empowering ourselves or not empowering ourselves. Because when we attach meaning, what we're really doing is we're summoning emotions. Different people can have different meanings for the exact same event. And so when we decide to choose a, a certain meaning through our lens from all of our beliefs and values and everything, we are choosing to attach a meaning that summons an emotion. And that if that emotion is one that brings on anxiety or depression or happiness, those are all available to us. And sometimes I don't think that we understand that we can make some choices around that. Speaking to that point, that brings me to the path where we cross and say so much of that is that projection from others, especially leaning into that trauma aspect where we carry over the programming or urge of a familial structure, someone within our family or someone within our orbit where we get stuck in that past perception in their experience, their relayed energy, their relayed expectation. And it becomes that notion that this thing will be a lack and it will be a challenge. It will be something you automatically will struggle with. You know, we look at that idea of someone who grew up in the Great Depression and they had that experience of lacking, that real experience that then gets passed down. Well, if you don't do this in life, you won't succeed. I actually personally have had experience with that because my grandparents survived the depression. And I, one time I went into therapy because I was, Mm -hmm. I was saying, you know, I am such an overachiever that it's actually driving me crazy, right? I graduated with an MBA when I was 24 years old. I was already working downtown San Francisco. Like I just had, I was just on fire (laughs) with this drive to achieve. And I finally went to therapist and I said, I'm like exhausting myself. And she actually connected to the dots for me and saying, because of that generational uh, messaging that I got, I have kind of a not enough syndrome. Yes, it's yes. never enough. It's never good enough, right? I am never secure enough. I'm never, you know, all of that type of stuff. And I love, uh, I loved that moment because it was such an aha moment that I've had many, many years to work on that for myself and realize that some of those feelings when they come up, I can attribute to that past programming and I can give myself love around it and I can change the way that I'm viewing it. But I definitely think that what you said, you hit on something that was very specific to my experience of growing up with depression era grandparents. And by the way, my grandparents were both psychologists. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of stuff really runs in my blood. And I understand from an intrinsic level how the impact of all of it is. But it's very true that if you 
have this past programming, it can affect actually your identity, your core belief system about yourself. Mm. And it's what's interesting is it's formed in really early years with a child mind, right? And as an adult, some of our job is unpacking that and updating it for ourselves because it's not <laughs> always empowering. And it may be the thing that sends us into quote unquote midlife crisis or whatever it is about, that we go through um, when we start to question ourselves and all that we... Where you simply say enough is enough, right? Exactly. <laughs> Where do we draw that line for ourselves and say, thanks, I'm grateful where I came from, but no thanks. I truly don't need this in my life, this in my experience. I'm drawing boundaries and making now choices, new choices. How do you feel we best achieve that? That is empowering. I think it's one decision at a time because we don't always have consciousness around the fact that something in our present is actually being affected Mm. by our past. Sometimes it's really obvious, like, you know, it was for my therapist. It wasn't for me at the time. I had no clue. She started asking me some questions about, you know, my family and, and arrived at that. But at the time, I wasn't thinking that. I thought it was just something about me and my personality. So I think that it's creating consciousness, asking yourself questions like, where did that come from? Who did I learn that from? Create a connection to when you took that on and then be able to go, I'm going to consciously update that for myself because it's not serving me. And it may be keeping me stuck in a bad pattern. It may be the root of it. No, that's one of those things where we're discovering that self-actualization, that self-belief and finding that courage. That to me brings me back to this great Kurt Goldstein quote floating out there. Courage. In the final analysis, at the end of our journey, we'll frame it there. Courage in the final analysis is nothing but an affirmative answer to the shocks of existence. Just simply saying yes to those things which shock us to make that awareness, to make that difference. That word shock is just really shocked me. (laughs) It called to me because (laughs) for some reason, I just, that word just jumped out at me and I'm thinking, you're right. I think what happens is, well, sometimes it's, it's lower grade, you know, we're just kind of plodding along and we're not super shocked. We maybe even start to accept those challenges, but occasionally something may shock us about how we're reacting to something or we may get feedback from somebody else and and be surprised by it. So I think that it's true that sometimes these kind of events can be pivotal and they can definitely be transformative when we give it the thought and the exploration that it's due. Where did it come from? Why is it there? How did I attach that? Who gave that to me? Why did I take it on? You know, and we don't have to study our navel and answer thousands of questions, but just the right questions to go, oh, I remember when I, I got that. Or you know what? I really don't know, but I know enough to know that it's not working. (laughs) So I'm going to change it. You know, we all, now again, I'm starting to do a generational thing and I've really tried to develop a breaking of this habit. So often we find ourselves as individuals in those places where we are in a sense of shock and awe. How did I get here? What is going on? When we get there, how do we develop that courage becomes one question. But then also another question posed to you along with that is, How do we also develop some of that muscle we can flex that we 
don't land in that situation? Well, when we are surprised by something, it usually means that we were unconscious of it before. So I think bringing consciousness around it is kind of what I was alluding Mm. to with writing these questions or, you know, answering these questions for ourselves. And I I said writing because sometimes for me, I do it in a journal, but other people have different methodologies for doing that for themselves. It may be through talk therapy or, you know, talking to a friend, whatever it is for you. But then I think what I said earlier, being resourceful and calling in resources to help you with that, knowing that maybe within the experience that you've had, you have not, you know, studied that or, or, you know, focused on it. And so you may find somebody who has, somebody who's either had that life experience or maybe they're teaching it now. There could be a course, you know, there could be a therapy. There's so many different ways of getting information and expanding ourselves now. But I think it's resourcing up. It's really saying, I want to learn. I'm going to tap into that inner child aspect of myself and get in a state of wonder about it and then see what ahas come out of it, you know, and be willing and like you said, courageous to start on that exploration process. That can be so powerful. That can be so powerful. We have to ask ourselves, do we really need that much of a push to make the simple choices in life that bring us happiness, joy, and fulfillment? Are the things we simply want simply enough to make us get off the couch and do something about it? We have to ask ourselves, who's driving here? What's important to me? We have to get to the root of that problem. Where can we go to connect with you, Chandra, to get to the root of that problem? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I am all about the roots and actually people will... (laughs) joke with me about how much I talk about the roots. And really what we're talking about here is, you know, my Root to Rise course. I have a program that really starts everybody out in the roots, going back and learning about human needs psychology, learning how we've been meeting our needs that have, Mm -hmm. you know, contributed to our current life situation and conditions. And then an evaluation process is part of that program where we start to see how we've been meeting our needs in each of what I call the life root areas, really, we're talking about (laughs) the value areas of our life, you know, our own personal health and fitness, our relationships that we're in with a significant other, or if not in a relationship with someone else, our relationship to ourselves, with our relationships to family, friends, and also our aspirations and our career. All of those are kind of umbrella categories that I call roots that we can dig into and see how we've been meeting our needs and then come up with really empowering ways to meet our needs at much higher levels. I always talk to my students about aspiring to live at more of the eight, nine, 10 level. When they're in the program, they can see exactly where their root system is. There's an evaluation to where they know exactly the numbers that they've been serving their needs in different areas. And once they do that, this is what's amazing is that they can see which root systems they've been serving and nourishing and that are growing long and strong and which ones need nourishment, which ones are stuck. Maybe there's a bad pattern there, a belief that isn't working anymore. And then there's a part of the program that basically clears those obstacles that unblocks those stuck roots. And the whole point of it is to balance all of that. Okay. So balance your root system, serve your needs at these eight, nine, 10 levels, 
so that you can have a really strong, stable foundation to rise from. Because what happens, and especially in midlife, we talked about that, we can get really frustrated with the fact that our lives did not turn out the way we had hoped. Okay. And part of the reason is because in our root system, we did not build a strong enough root system to, it's a foundation, right? Mm. We can't build a, you know, building on a shaky ground. So what I do is like, well, let's go back to that foundation, build that system so that you can then get back to aspiring and connecting to something yes. bigger than yourself, yes. learning how to balance all those needs and meet them at high levels. So then those expectations to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish in life can be founded on a stable, solid foundation as opposed to a weak one where you just, you're going to be disappointed. You are going to be disappointed if you don't have a strong foundation to rise from. So the first part of the course is that whole root system and it's called roots. And then the second part of the course is called rise. And rise is really where the fun part happens because this is like, hey, now we're coming from a stable, strong foundation. What's possible? Whew, mm. Anything, anything is possible. There's a lot of vision work and a lot of getting deeper, deeper into other things that have held us back too, like weathering storms of change, of grief, of loss. Because when we do really focus on that kind of stuff and nourish ourselves and get to a better, a healthier place with it, then we can really grow these branches of our tree to reach the sun and really be able to contribute beyond ourselves and get to that need of contribution and transcendence, which I think serves all the other needs at really, really high levels. Yes. Yes. That's a beautiful thing. Where do we ground ourselves? Where do we draw our energy, our nourishment from? What keeps us from allowing those things in life that blow us over so we can rise? Thank you for sharing that with us. That's beautiful. (laughs) that's it i mean we definitely look at the taproot which is to answer that question what nourishes us we got to get deep you know that's what this is about Mm. and why do we want the things that we want why are they meaningful what do they mean to our identities to our self-esteem to other people what validation are we looking at from the outside i mean all of these kind of things are explored there and i think that to me, you know, people want to start their own businesses. They want to do many, many things with their life. And when they go through this course, I, I really believe it gives them a strong basis for being able to make all that happen for themselves. Yes. I coach a lot of entrepreneurs and I consider myself an entrepreneur also. And I feel like when we can connect in with our own authenticity and learn to balance our root system, then we are set up much more for success when it comes to putting ourselves out there with our offerings into the world. Connect with Chandra and discover how to lay down those roots. Discover how to empower yourself. Discover how to grow, reach and rise. I want to thank you so much for sharing this conversation with me today. This has been wonderful. It's been amazing. And I know it's just the tip of the iceberg with you. You're you're a deep thinker and I so appreciate you. And I appreciate your audience for listening. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. Oh, and I'd like to say that my course is two parts, but the first part roots is, you know, very extensive. I'd love to offer that free to your audience. I just want to see if it resonates with them. Awesome. Let's do that. 
So I'll share a link with you. And if you'd like to give it out, it's a unique link to be able to get them to sign up for free. Great. And I'd Let's love to hear back. That. You know, I'd love to hear from them how it's landed and how it's helped their life. Yes, please give some feedback and reach out, share with others what is truly meaningful to you in life. That is where we truly connect and where we truly grow is when we share this journey we call life with others. Thank you for sharing that with us today. Thank you. I'm so glad to share this with you as well. Let's do it again soon. I hope so. Thank you. No matter what part of the world we come from, we are all basically the same human beings. We each want freedom and the right to determine our destiny as individuals and as people. That is human nature. All of our experiences, our belief systems, our values, and all of our identities determine who and what we each want and need. But they're all interchangeable. Modern philosopher Matshona Lueo has said, It is in the roots, not the branches, that a tree's greatest strength lies. If you know where you were from, it's harder for people to stop where you are going. We can choose to evolve who and what we each might become. It's only a matter of determining who's in the driver's seat, in the journey we choose to travel. Chandra and I have shared a great discussion exploring how our basic human needs often form and guide us in selecting our course in life. But we'd like to know, how is this information going to serve you, our valued listener? Drop us a note or share us with a friend by tagging us at The Light Inside Podcast. We also welcome your insights by dropping us a note at conversations at thelightinside.us. And remember, if you enjoy our show, leave us a review or subscribe to become a regular listener on your favorite podcast platform. Join us next week as we share a conversation with author, speaker, and coach Andrew Ecker, exploring how we can overcome generational patterning and inherited traumas, allowing us to heal the negative influences in our lives. Find out more by tuning in next week on The Light Inside. 